0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua, and you're listening to our audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. In today's episode, we're talking about graduate recruitment. Like so many of us over the past few years, college and university students have had their lives transformed by the pandemic and recovery. Those experiences have changed both their expectations and behavior when it comes to the recruitment process. So... As an employer, how can you find, engage, and hire the best graduate candidates? Joining me to talk about this topic is Kate Buchanan, Graduate Program Manager here at PeopleScout in our Sydney headquarters. Kate, thanks for joining me today. Thanks
1: for having me, Nicole.
0: All right, so to kick us off, you know, we've been through some really difficult and turbulent years recently. How has this transformed graduate recruitment, especially relating to those candidate expectations and behaviors?
1: Yeah, I think it has been absolutely a difficult time for everyone the last couple of years, but what it has allowed us to do is really propel the transformation in the in the industry. So where I think in the past we might have been a little bit apprehensive to take on new technologies, everyone's had to just jump right on in there and and gone from doubling into a little bit of... Um, automation or virtual processes to a complete end-to-end virtual process. So it's been a a fantastic change for the industry to push us into that uncomfortable space. Um, But what it has allowed us to achieve is a lot more efficiency. So uh, enable us to get through and um, assess candidates in a more effective and efficient way Um, and absolutely remove some of those more tedious admin and costly Things like travel, room bookings, that um, those sorts of painful processes around grad recruitment that none of um, none of the recruiters really like to deal with. But um, look, what it has allowed us to do is get to those candidates quickly and manage those timeframes in an effective manner. Um, from a candidate perspective, I think their expectations are that we get to them quickly, are that we're on all the time, that it's more of that retail experience of personalized, automated, quick response. So that is what they respect from um, expect from our um, graduate recruitment teams. Um, what it does mean is that they've also um, missed out on that opportunity to meet face-to-face and build relationships over time. Um, so the expectation is that it's a bit easier for candidates to just simply not show up to ghost, to decline offers, to renege offers. So we're starting to see some of that bad candidate behavior, unfortunately, because there is no, um, I guess, consequence or, or no relationship where they feel, feel bad about those, um, those behaviors.
0: And how have these shifts and changes impacted employers? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Good question. I mean, as I say, it's it's enabled us to be more efficient and effective, which is an absolute win. Uh, another great benefit is that perhaps our processes have become more accessible. So those candidates that were perhaps rural locations um, that weren't able to to do the big travel to to the head office in the city are now able to dial in or people holding a a part-time job working through university are able to dial into an assessment centre rather than taking a full day off work. So that accessibility is absolutely there. Also for maybe neurodiverse candidates, there's a lot of technology in place that can enable those processes and a bit more flexibility um, that can be built into the selection piece. So, some great um, benefits there. Um, Other sort of benefits or um, impacts on the employer is that just being mindful that, um, although it can be easy and efficient, um, we are seeing that candidates are um, more likely to perhaps Um, Reneg or decline offers at that later stage. So just being aware that that is um, more of a potential than it has been in the past and to to plan for that additional activity that might need to happen. Um, So, yeah, I think it's been a bit of a mixed bag in terms of benefits and and shortfalls, I suppose. I think the other um, opportunity for employers is to perhaps build in a bit more realistic job preview. Um, so, where they aren't able to meet face to face or haven't been in the past, it's been particularly important um, to build in that um, preview of what the job is like, the culture, the environment, the day to day tasks and responsibilities. So, um, too much virtual, I think, has um, been a bit too easy for candidates to move through the process and decline and perhaps not really be able to differentiate between. Um, the different employers have been applying to. So a real opportunity for employers to provide a little bit more differentiation, um, really showcase their culture, their people, um, and also try and build those relationships where possible, connect with candidates and reduce those renegs and ghosting opportunities.
0: Thank you. And I think We could say that the past few years have changed relationships for a lot of us when we move to being fully online. So how should employers think about their graduate recruitment programs and their relationships with candidates in this market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, there's a temptation with full virtual end-to-end processes for it to become a little bit transactional. Um, so there needs to just be a little bit more thought as to how we can be more engaging and really, um, I guess, work towards a sense of engagement and almost loyalty with candidates if at all possible. Um, a lot of employees for many years have had an established internship program. So to engage with um, students earlier in their university journey and, and get in there quick to secure the, that top talent. Um, so that's something that's been happening for many, many years. But I guess what we're more talking about is what can we do in the grad recruitment space to build those relationships and engage earlier. So this, this I think, is more about nurturing relationships rather than talking about, you know, the recruitment campaigns and seasons that we've seen more traditionally. I think typically um, we've seen people go out for one main campaign in um, April, maybe March, April, um, possibly in June, July. Um, and then a top-up activity campaign around November, December to mop up any outstanding roles. But what if we were to turn that on the, on its head and spend more of our energy on really engaging with with candidates and students to make sure they understood your the organisation's culture, um, what the um, diversity and inclusion initiatives are, what their career trajectory might be, and um, what their dance on corporate social responsibilities, those sorts of pieces, and really focus on nurturing relationships, building talent pools, driving engagement and loyalty so that when you do open for recruitment, those people that are um, interested in the process and interested in your organisation are legitimately genuine and authentic candidates that want to be there. So um, I think just shifting our focus on relationship building and attraction Um, rather than the sort of um, the churn of the recruitment process might actually give us um, what our candidates are looking for. And that's to build some meaningful relationships.
0: Thank you. And I'd like to talk through some more specific strategies, the ways that employers can really form these relationships. So if we start out kind of early in the graduate recruitment cycle, what are some strategies that employers can use to bring in engaged candidates? In the past, we've
1: been quite comfortable to just uh, attend the campus um, careers fairs um, at all the different universities, our target universities, Um, but that's just not enough anymore. It's going to be a much more nuanced approach and give candidates an opportunity to really engage. So it it needs to be um, a real mixture of activities. You've got Um, candidates that prefer different events and different settings. So it's giving um, each student the opportunity to engage in a a way that is um, meaningful for them or or appeals to to their style. So um, there's a couple of things you could do. There's um, obviously campus ambassadors, peers by peers at that graduate level. So if they can relate to somebody um, who has been to their university, done your internship program, is currently a grad and maybe that's a university alumni, then, yeah, let's connect um, those those employees with universities and those students to share, this is the reality of the job, this is my career trajectory, this is why I chose this organisation over others. So Campus Ambassadors is a really good one in terms of genuine and authentic um, relationships. Um, I'd also look at any sort of diversity inclusion initiatives, International Women's Day in March is a great one for a targeted campaign um, to engage your your, uh, female leaders in the business and connecting them with um, some students who are considering your organisation, particularly if it's not a likely path for females to take into your industry. And some networking events, anything to do with challenges or or problems or sharing like a capstone project or something similar where candidates can really or students can really get to understand, you know, what their university degree means in your organisational context. They're really engaging um, opportunities for students. It's something that they can really get out of it. And on that theme, it's also can we provide any sort of mentoring um, opportunities as well, particularly think about any target initiatives um, to do with your graduate campaign or your wider organisational objectives and how can we relate diversity or social mobility or neurodiversity as as core, um, I guess, targets and um, areas of focus. How can we achieve that through grad recruitment? So some targeted events and activities and partnerships would be really good to approach as well.
0: I want to dig in a little bit more with what you were saying there about recruitment marketing early on in the process. What are some strategies that you would suggest that can be really effective with graduate candidates?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, it's good practice to, even if you're not open for a selection process, to be capturing that footfall that might come through um, your graduate job profiles or job boards, your, your website. So, establishing an Expressions of Interest campaign and collecting um, that candidate data to, to really effectively um, nurture and keep warm, um, particularly if you're able to um, more granularly capture what area they're interested in in terms of um, business, what their academic background is, any of the d um, sort of initiatives that you're driving as well. Um, and that allows you to then perhaps segment your content And there's a great opportunity um, to have a look at that um, expressions of interest data and feed back to those candidates some really relevant content based on that segmented data. Um, So uh, recently I've done that for an organisation every sort of fortnight um, to be sending out some targeted specific comms to each of those segmented groups, whether it be um, females in a particular um, area of the business, for example or a particular location to give a, a graduate profile, a video of a project and, and the work that's happening on that um, to give uh, an award win um, example or whatever it might be. Um, but for the every two weeks, um, even if you're not open for applications, it's really just about connecting with the business um, to give them that insight. To um, an opportunity to engage and get excited about what's possible. Uh, the more content that can be driven from a graduate lens, whether it be a testimony or a profile of a project they're working on, um, a quote, uh, an achievement, whatever it might be, but it really resonates well with um, with their peers. So um, introducing the, that real people-led content um, gets candidates quite excited and engaged um, and managing their expectations about what's possible for them as a graduate in the organization.
0: Thank you. And I, I know that you mentioned that concern over the increasing trend of candidates dropping out or ghosting further along in the process. So what are some targeted things that employers can do as they get to that later stage to really keep those candidates engaged and interested?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. You work so hard to build that diverse pipeline and make sure that you've got enough applicants moving through the process. So it's equally important to make sure that they're completing the process and they're not withdrawing at all. So there's a couple of different strategies around this. Um, you're going to make the process quick and efficient. Um, so you can't have candidates waiting around uh, one week, two weeks following a, um, an interview, for example, or completing an online test. It's all about managing expectations. So just be really clear and transparent with with students as to when you're likely to hear back, what is the selection process? What are you looking for? What are the key dates for each stage of the process? And trying to lock in some of those key dates with students so um, they know what to expect when to hear back from you. So having that quick process and, and managing those expectations around the timeframes is absolutely important But there's also an opportunity to provide some meaningful content throughout this time. So if there is some delay while you um, wait for the pipeline to come through the selection process, that's an absolutely fantastic opportunity to share some meaningful content. Maybe you've got some culture news, you've won some new projects. There's a particular um, diversity initiative um, or corporate social responsibility initiative Uh, sustainability, whatever it might be, but their key themes are important to this generation. So if we can talk to some of those case studies and examples that are happening in the organisation as a bit of an update to say, um, you know, the assessment centre is taking place on X date, but in the meantime, let's hear from this graduate who's working in this role and this is what they're working on. Um, And it just provides that sort of realistic job preview, that insight into your organisation to really allow candidates to get excited, to remain engaged. And if they are having to pick between organisations and prioritise their time and energy, then I think they're definitely going to um, prefer or um, prioritise an organisation that is excited, enthusiastic, providing that insight um, and really taking them on that journey.
0: So I know you've mentioned the one positive change we've really seen in the past few years has been the transition that a lot of employers have made to add more technology into their process. So at this point, early on in 2023, what roles should technology play in the graduate recruitment process?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it is it is the million-dollar question. Um, as I say, there's a temptation to sort of automate everything, make it super efficient, bang, 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 get the candidates um, filled and in play. But um, actually, there's probably a missed opportunity here. You can go too far down the technology path and lo- really lose that human element. So whilst candidate expectation and preference is often... I want to self-service, I want to do it in my own time, I want it to be online, they equally still do want to be able to engage with humans. They want it to be, uh, they want to be able to be provided with feedback, they want to have a conversation, ask questions, um, experience the work environment. So it's really about assessing the process, um, what is most appropriate for technology within the selection process and the attraction piece. So really thinking about what's the right mix between technology and human touch. Um, What I would suggest for attraction is, um, yeah, a good mix. You can absolutely still continue to have some virtual events, um, some great video content, some self-service pieces, but it's equally important to provide those networking events and face-to-face opportunities for candidates to really get a feel of the people and the culture in the business. From a selection perspective, it's about what role can recruiters play that where they uniquely add value to the process? So I think it's really about what is the most appropriate use of technology automation up front while you've got the heavy lifting, the big volumes. And once you get to the select few, the people that are absolutely um, meeting that criteria that you're looking for, then that is when um, you start to to bring in that human interaction, get them to meet your campus ambassadors get them to meet your graduates, the hiring managers, the transformational leaders in the business. Um, it's really important that they get a feel for the people in the businesses. Um, it's a big um, decision for candidates to make, and sometimes that the people, the environment, the culture um, can sometimes be missed in um, in the technology element. So whatever you can do to to bring in that human element, make them feel warm, engaged, welcome and provide that um, authentic and genuine insight into the role, um, then yeah, absolutely, from a selection perspective, put those human elements in. From an onboarding perspective then, once you've secured your offers, it's also really important that there is that blended approach as well, that candidates will be completing their um, university, perhaps they'll be travelling, so providing the flexibility to complete some of those activities online. Um, but also having an appropriate mix of other activities where they can come and experience um, their work environment, meet the team, really engage. And when renegs and uh, declines have been such an issue for many organisations in the last couple of years, perhaps even consider bringing them on early in a casual capacity so they can really embed in the team, get excited and engaged about the role they have as a graduate once that formal program kicks off.
0: Thank you. And are there any final thoughts or reflections you'd like to add?
1: Yeah, I think as we head into a new recruitment season, um, we need to remember it doesn't have to be a complete revolution. It, it can just be an evolution on your previous intake. So really think about what worked and what didn't work. You know, what are the objectives? Um, what are you really trying to to solve for? What were the key challenges or, or areas of focus? And really think about what um, variables of your campaign, whether it be an attraction piece, um, switching up something in your selection process, or introducing or taking out some of your technology, any bit of small change to really directly address an area of focus or a challenge is really important. Doesn't have to be a complete rip up the book and start again. So just really focused changes that are directly linked to um, what you saw the previous year and what you're trying to achieve in the following year.
0: Well, that's the perfect place for us to wrap up today. Kate, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Nicole. Take care. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. You can email us at marketing at or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. But to make sure we don't miss an episode, visit our website or subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Talking Talent is a People Scout production. Music by sound design through Shutterstock.